0: Welcome to Simple Disciple, where we give you simple resources and a clear path to help you grow as a disciple who makes other disciples. Today's episode is stage one, lesson one of our discipleship process, and it is titled God's Story. And as always, if you want a PDF of our lesson today, it can be found online at simpledisciple.net. All of our lessons are at simpledisciple.net for free. And if the lesson encourages you, man, subscribe, leave us a review, a good review, and uh, share it with another person to help other people grow as a disciple, as you grow as a disciple as well. So, stage one, lesson one, God's story. We've all heard the question before, if God exists, why do bad things happen? Why does he allow them? If this God is real and he's so strong and he's so perfect, right? Why doesn't he fix all of this? How can God be real if this world is such a broken place? Of course, it's a place of love and joy. For example, the amazing bond of a family. But so many families are broken. And so many families are torn apart. It's a place with divorce and murder and adultery and stealing and a place that's got hatred and greed and lust and shame and guilt, right? And so I'm sure that almost all of us have heard that question at some point, right? If God exists, why do bad things happen? And I'm pretty much willing to bet that you have probably uh, asked that question yourself at some point, right? But what if we're asking the wrong question? In stage one of the discipleship process, we're, we're basically describing the big overarching picture and framework that the Bible gives us as, as we want to grow as disciples and start this journey off the overarching framework. And so we start with this question of how can God exist and, and, and bad things happen? And so, but what if we're asking the wrong question? You see, the Bible tells us why there is evil in the world. The Bible makes it clear that evil does exist, and God does as well. It tells us that mankind chose evil rather than God. So a good place to start all this discipleship stuff is probably the first book of the Bible. So I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And this is a description of Adam and Eve, the first humans God created in the garden before sin is into the world. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So what we see is that when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God gives them this choice, right? To either follow his ways or to make their own way, right? He gives them this choice, right? I've provided everything you need, so just don't eat this fruit. And it's a, it's a test. It's a choice, right? You can either obey and follow me or you can disobey and follow yourself, basically, And the thing is that each of us has been in the garden as well in our lives. We've all experienced times when the fruit of temptation and sin is dangling before us, right? Aching to be grasped. And all of us at some point have taken it and eaten. We have all at some point in our lives chosen ourselves over God, our own desires over His, right? And that is why evil exists. Our desire to follow ourselves, right? I make the choices, I'm in charge. I do what I want, right? If you think of every bad thing in the world, okay? Outside of natural disasters and, and like a disease or something like that, right? Every other bad thing that happens in the world, mankind is the cause, right? Someone following his or her own selfish desire. Greed, lust, rape, adultery, pornography, hate, murder, slavery, racism. Guess what they all have in common? <laughs> they all stem from humanity, from a human being being selfish, right? That's where they all come from. And and this is broader, but when you look at Genesis, when we talk about those natural disasters in the world— the storms or disease or things like that. The Bible even says that it's because of sin that all of creation, not just humanity, but all of creation is corrupted. Right? God didn't intend for it to be this way. And, and if you look at the end of the Bible, Revelation, it's not going to be that way. We're not going to have all that all that bad stuff. right? There's no, no more of that. And so God didn't create it like that. And he's not leading us to something like that. But because of sin, it has broken God's creation. And more than anything, it has broken us. So the question is not, why does evil exist if God is real, right? That's answered in the Bible. The real question is, if evil exists in the world, which it does, right? So evil exists in the world, what is God doing about it, right? If there's this great, holy, perfect, loving God, he's got to do something about it, right? So evil exists in the world, what is God doing about it? And that is where God's story takes off. That is where the stage is set, right? That's how the whole beginning of the Bible sets it off. God's beloved creation has now been corrupted. But rather than abandoning us, (laughs) God has promised to restore and redeem creation, starting with the source, the thing that made it all go wrong in the first place, our sin. So I want to talk about sin for a second. And I asked the question, how would you define sin, right? Thinking yourself, how would you define sin? Sin literally means to miss the mark, like an archer missing his target, right? And and I asked the question, right? Why would God label certain things to be sin and others to not be sin, right? Often we think of God as some tyrant, right? This guy in the sky who just wants to hit people with lightning bolts, right? He doesn't want anyone to have fun. He just gives rules for people to follow because he wants them to be slaves, right? That's often what people think of God. But I would say that is a wrong view of God and sin, right? So I want to turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17. I want to read this real fast so we will see with this first sin of Adam and Eve, of why is this happening, right? This is what it says. The Lord God commanded the man, "You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die." Now, here's something pe- most people miss, right? When, they, when when they see this, okay? Why does God command Adam and Eve not to eat this, the fruit of this tree of uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Right? He says at the end of that verse. You shall not eat from it, for if you do, you will die, (laughs) right? God doesn't just pick some random pet peeve and then say, this is sin because I just don't like it, right? He says it's sin because it's going to be harmful to Adam and Eve, whom he loves dearly, right? He loves them. He doesn't want them to die, right? Don't do this or you're going to die, right? So God creates the world, and he gives Adam and Eve every blessing they could. He loves them, and he's looking out for their best interests. He's trying to protect them, right? But because they eat this fruit, they bring a spiritual death, an emotional death, and eventually even physical death to their lives, and that is the same for our world. Regardless if it is uh, hate, anger, envy, lust, pride, whatever it is, right, sin brings harm to us and harm to those around us. It brings death to friendships, to families, and it brings death to our relationship with God. What we see in the garden, right, before sin enters the world, is that we see that God created us with a divine relationship with Him and a divine purpose and a divine identity and a divine creation and that is what he wants, right? That's what he longs to give us. But because of sin, we have missed the mark of whom we were created to be. So he's not some angry God hanging out in the sky, right? He's not just some Zeus angry tyrant God in the sky who just loves to punish us. Okay, that's not who he is. Ezekiel thirty-three eleven says, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that the wicked would turn from his ways and live, right? He says, I take no pleasure, no joy, no fun in the death of the wicked. It is not fun for God to look at the creation that he loves and created and to see it dying under sin. God wants to give us life to the fullest, but because of sin, we settle for less. God wants to prevent that physical, emotional, and spiritual pain that sin causes. And he wants to truly give us a life free from slaving after that selfishness. So we we shouldn't think of God's ways as chains or burdens on our lives, but rather God's ways propel us to be greater than we can on our own. And I put it this way, sin is missing the greater opportunity To be who God has created you to be. I'm going to say that one more time. Sin is missing the greater opportunity to be who God has created you to be. We have all sinned. None of us are perfect, right? All of creation has been affected by sin. But God loves us and he wants what's best for us. And so now God has waged war on evil and he's seeking to make a new creation free from sin. And where does it all start? Where does it all begin? No other place than the source, you and I, humanity. God wants to restore and redeem creation, and it starts with us personally. And I want to add on to this. This isn't in the PDF lesson, but some people might ask, well then, why would God let us sin at all? Why didn't he just take away the option, right? Why would God even give them a choice if he's right if he wants to set us free? Well, Here's the thing, God doesn't want robots. He doesn't want us to be forced to obey him, right? He wants us to love him, right? Like he loves us. And here's the thing, love can't be forced. If you're married, right? If you got married to your spouse and you forced them to marry you and they were forced to quote unquote love you, right? Like they had to obey you. They had to do everything you said. They had no option, no choice in the matter, no say in the matter, right? You couldn't have authentic and genuine love. They couldn't really love you if they if they don't have the choice of that, if they don't have the choice to love you or not, right? And so God doesn't create us. He doesn't want us to just be these robots who are forced to obey him, right? He wants to show us how much he loves us and then for us to, in turn, love him. And so if, there, if, there, if there's the choice of love, if, if love is a possibility, then there has to be the option to do the opposite, right? So God wants to restore and redeem creation, starting with us personally. Are you thirsting for more in life? Are you thirsting for a purpose and longing for a new identity? Do you want a new strength and hope and new power and new boldness, right? Do you have this longing and this thirsting inside of you to be who God truly created you to be, rather than just some other person on earth living for yourself? (laughs) Do you want to be someone with a divine calling, a divine meaning, and a divine identity? Right? In some, do you want to be who God intends for you to be or do you want to settle for this world? This is God's grand story. His beloved creation is marred by sin and he is at work to heal it from evil. Do you want to continue writing your own story, or do you want to join in God's? Take action. So, at the end of every lesson, I'll give some take action steps and some questions to reflect on the lesson. And this week's take action step is to read two passages. And uh, and all it says is, man, before you read these passages, grab your Bible and just maybe say a simple prayer. Uh, Say, hey God, if you've never prayed before, right, just say hey, God, I'm about to read this. Help me learn more about you and how you're at work, right? And so the two passages you should read this week or take action or read today, Revelation chapter 21, verses one through four, and 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. And then ask yourself these questions. So if you're doing this by yourself, reflect on these questions or if you're doing it with uh, another person or other people, ask one another these questions. Number one, When we really think about it, where does evil come from? When we really think about it, where does evil come from? Number two, why do you think that God labels certain things sin? Why do you think God labels certain things as sin? Number three, what are some effects of sin in the world and that you've seen in your own life? Number three, what are some effects of sin in the world and that you have seen in your own life? And last, number four, what do you think God wants to do with creation and your life personally? What do you think God wants to do with creation and your life personally? That's our lesson for today. Stage one, lesson one, God's story. Join us for the next episode on lesson two on the gospel. And as I said before, all the lessons can be found online in a PDF format. Check us out, simpledisciple.net. And man, if you enjoyed this and you want to share it, I uh, encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, share it with another person, and help, uh, help share the word, share the uh, free resources and, and the clear path to grow as a disciple who makes other disciples.